got back from Leadville doing the 100. So what do you think this podcast episode is going to be about? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of No Ride Around. And as you all might have expected, it is time for the Leadville 100 post-race recap. That's it. You know what? It shouldn't. This isn't a post-race recap. And I was actually going through our uh, some of our reviews through Apple yesterday, through iTunes on, uh-huh. on the podcast. And I was looking to see because we got we've got a pretty high rating, so thank you for those yeah. of us giving the high ones. But I also like I like negative feedback. Like I want to know where you can be better. You know, there's a guy, there's one guy. He's like, dude, kill the theme song, mm-hmm. like kill it. And I'm like, we've done a whole episode, maybe one and a half episodes almost, where we've explained why that's the theme song. So listen to all of them, and you'll be cool, dude. Like, yeah. sorry, <laughs> I'm not. True story on my ride this morning. I listened to the Jazz Chill Station on Apple iTunes for an hour-long road spin. So we're not all raging. It's just, it's a cool song and it's got a reason for it. So check it out. But I'm looking through and I'm reading those and and I'm paying attention to to them. And one guy goes, I love the race recaps. This is not a race recap. If you've ever done the Leadville 100, it's not a bike race. This is a mountain bike experience recap. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do the Leadville 100 experience recap because it truly, truly, a fourth year completing this thing, and it's still just as impactful. I still get tears in my eyes, maybe even more so this year with some of the drama uh, in the family of Leadville 100. But uh, it's an experience. Definitely. And there's a part of you that feels... So sometimes when you have this thing and it's on your calendar and your first one, it's, it's whatever it needs to be. Unlimited budget, unlimited time, etc. And then the second year you do it, you're like, you realize that it's very intentionally created so that you have to be there for at least two full days and two full nights. And so there's a a tipping point when you start getting into more of these for me, where you kind of hit this thing. You're like, man, you know, it'd be really neat if I could just roll in late on Friday, get my number plate and race on Saturday. And then you get over that and realize that it is the experience and that yes, they built it that way for financial reasons, but it is also so much more than a race. It's so much more than a bike ride. It in the family thing gets a little hammered on, but it really is. I mean, I don't really know Ken. I don't really know Mary Lee, but I was super sad that they weren't at the finish line. Um, and I like it was a really good thing I had sunglasses on at the racer meeting because <laughs> I got a little teary eyed because Ken was having some some health issues and it was just it was sad because you realize that he's getting older um, much like you get sad when a family member starts getting older um, and then to realize that I think all of us were like ah they're they're gonna really play this one and then he's gonna surprise us or show up and then he didn't yeah so. The other thing that happens, I think, in these multiple years is that just by the, the nature of how we've grown, uh, both as a team and as a community of bike riders, you have new people there with you. And so I've heard the stories, right? I've heard like the miners and they go and they're getting down and they're digging deep and it, like, I've heard them all, right? But 
every time you hear it, if you have somebody new with you, I kind of like look a little side, side eye and you can see them hearing it for the first time. And then I remember what it was like to hear it for the first time. And then sooner or later, I'm hearing it for the first time all over again, even though it's not. And yeah. so you know, everybody who, you know, I've raced all over the country this year, last year, the previous year, 100 mile, nasty races, single tra- track races, races that pride themselves on how much harder they are than Leadville. Um, you guys, no one has the experience down the way that Leadville does. And that, that, like, there have been races that I've had more fun at, for sure. There's been courses I've enjoyed more, absolutely. But in terms of an experience, no one beats them. Like, it's, it's, it's visceral mm-hmm. when you're out there. And, uh, and that's how we started because we brought a bunch of new people this year. Yeah. And it was, it's so hard for me sometimes. I, I really was able to like check myself this year. But in years gone by, oh, you don't, don't, yeah, it's mandatory, big air quotes. Don't worry about it. But it really is just part of it. And yeah, getting to experience it through the eyes of our, our first time riders really brought a whole new dimension to it. And then there was just, it was the best, it was the best racer meeting I've ever been to. Yeah. Yeah. They did a really good job. I, I like that it was outdoors. You weren't stuffed in this gym. Um, it wasn't full of all that. Like I remember the first year. So I've had the the good fortune to have done the race pre and post lifetime owning it, and really from the overall experience, the lifetime hasn't diluted it. But that first year, um, which I think was the first year you did it, twenty sixteen. I mean, it was three hours and an hour and a half of it was ads, basically. Yeah, yeah. In person ads. Totally sponsor this blueprint for athletes lifetime blah and and it's. You know, I get that they have to do it, but it really just crushed the experience. And everybody was just hanging on to get to the kin part, right? Right. This year, they talked a little bit about the charities, kept all of the ads out of it. And it was it was just a really, really, it was the best one. Yeah. So for those of you that haven't done Leadville, uh, yeah, it starts off with this racer meeting on Friday that really is like the... You know, it's it's the pep rally, right? Mm-hmm. It's the pep rally. I mean, there's information in there, definitely stuff you want to hear. Um, but it's the pep rally. You also get to hear who's all going to be there, which this year's field was just bananas, heavy hitters. They had people, you know, of course, the the big names that have won it so many times before and like former Olympians like Howard Grotz, he's going to be there, right? Because he won it last year. But we also had Keegan Swenson there, Payson McElveen, uh, um Finsterwald, Stetna, Lachlan Morton, like Alex Wild. I mean, Alex it was... Wild, Alex Howes, like the, all the yeah. EF. I mean, it was it was the best of the best mountain bikers that came out, and even uh, had we had gold medalists, right? Like some of the women that won oh, the yeah. track, like literally came from Tokyo with a gold medal in less than a week. Boom! In Leadville racing the hundred. Matter of fact, I spent the first forty miles I rode with her, mm-hmm. and so you're sitting there riding with an Olympic gold medalist. You're yeah. like, you just got a gold medal seven days ago. Like you are. For the rest of your life, you are on another level. Yep. And uh, and you're out here riding. So it was it was a stacked field. So on Friday they kind of go through that a little bit and get you, but get you jacked up. Um, and then Saturday you race, and then Sunday we were back in the same area for the medal ceremony and awards and kind of recaps and some so- somber news that we'll go over later. But um, it's just three days of awesomeness, and we had new riders. You're watching 19 year old Brian experience this stuff. And he's already like shit-eating smile ear to ear, like never gets mad. Like I want to kick him in the mouth one time just to see him sour. <laughs> Could you get upset for yeah. 30 seconds? He doesn't get sour. Ment- Uncle Mental was there. And he's been hearing about Leadville for, you know, decades as a mountain biker that's been around for a long time. But it was his first one. And our growing team, guys that didn't know 
they were even going to do the 100. Shane and Jeff had no idea they were going to do the 100 miler. And they raced no, five in weeks Silver ago. Rush. Yeah, five weeks ago, they find out they're going to do it. And they're like, all right, I'm in. And they did amazing, you know. Yep. But um, spending Friday with all of those guys was was awesome. Uh, and gals, Noful. So yeah. sorry, uh, Quinn at Lifetime for telling this. But, you know, Noful rolls up. Sarah rolls up. Doesn't even have a spot in the race. Just goes on, you know, good luck. And we are able to get her into the race day before. I mean, yeah, I mean, just it, cool stuff. And I think, you know, there was a little text message thread that was, I think, her being urged to just just come up, just see what happens. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of the Leadville experience. Just go up there, put all the chips down and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and not for nothing. Noffel's a badass athlete, right? Like she was qualified in a pretty good start position for the run. Uh, right. You know, so it's not like she was just, it, there was some, uh, credentials behind it. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. It, she it, wasn't just coming off the street. Right. It, Can it I was, do this? It was a little merit based as well. Uh, but it was super cool that she got in totally unexpected and, you know, to go, it's one thing to go from zero to one over to like, say in a year, I'm going to do the Leadville 100. It's a pretty big difference to go from zero to one from Wednesday to Saturday. Yeah. She, yeah. Wednesday, she's still like, I mean, I don't know, guys. Like, I guess I'll sleep on the, this couch if I can, but should I really even come up? And we're all just like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just do it. I know why you And she crushed. It was awesome. Um, yeah. So we had a, a ton of new athletes, um, a ton of new people who didn't weren't planning on doing it. Um, you took the the lead on getting a pretty sweet condo set up. Oh, dude. Okay, so 2019 Leadville, I raced single speed. I did the, I did it solo all the way because I, I not only raced with a solo gear, uh, but I went by single I, speed. Single speed. Yeah. Yep. I uh, I slept in the back of my truck up by the abandoned mines up by Matchless Mine. Like I tucked my truck behind some trees. Where it very specifically says to not. Yeah, yeah. I just made sure I could hide it. And I slept in my, like I camped in the back of my truck, which which I used to do quite a bit. Um, but uh, that that was my 19 experience, like totally alone in the back of a truck, eating with like dehydrated meals. You know what I mean? And then we were in these baller ass <laughs> condos, jacuzzi tubs, the whole, we had three condos at Copper Mountain. And uh, it was like the Taj Mahal by comparison. I mean, if you got, so I've long felt if you got to do a hard bike race, you shouldn't have to also sleep hard. (laughs) I think that's fair. I'm seeing that now. Like, unfortunately, I've tasted the good, the water from the good well. And I'm toast. You're finished. Oh, yeah, it's over. (laughs) I think I'm getting a new Capital One. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, so we had these great condos and that just got everyone together. And actually, you know, we weren't able to book in Leadville because it was just chaos in Leadville. Um, to get a big housing situation, you got to be really like ahead of the game by a year. Um, I liked being offsite a little bit because when we drove to Leadville, it was Leadville stuff, mm-hmm. and we were away from Leadville, it was just like chill stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Friday was kind of exactly what it needed to be, and it was a big improvement over the Saturday before Firecracker for me. I remember us on like for a week talking about how excited we were not to have anything to do on that, that Saturday, like whole day. And we didn't really relax at all. We went for a bike ride. We prepped bikes. We had a big dinner at the house. Like it was not the chill, relaxing feet up, take a nap and 
I felt like we did a really good job of that on this past Friday. Yeah, you know, and that's to to fold in some information as takeaways here. Beyond anything else, getting yourself ready, your gear ready, mapping out what bottles you're going to drink when, just being off of your feet and chilling, sleeping, sleeping the week before a race, and then the day or two before the race, just being off of your feet. And uh, we got to do that. Yeah, we got to. I mean, hell, we had Normatex going in the house. <laughs> we had, we Con, had a whole station. Yeah, you and Con had like an hour and a half hot tub sesh. Yeah, it was uh, nice. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it is hard because, again, with how they build the whole event, you want to be in Leadville. You want to go to the expo. You want to walk around. You want to see all the stuff. There's tons of freebies. And even though I've been in the bike business forever, Freebies still give, oh, you got free this or free that? Fuck yeah, I'm in. Uh, you know, I really actually was super disappointed I didn't go to the the actual Leadville retail store this year because there was some kind of cool stuff that I saw people wearing. I was like, but I knew I could either go shopping or get back to the house. Yeah. And so I opted for getting back to the house. Yeah. And I'll tell you, like, all that stuff, they do a great job merchandising, right? So I was like, oh, another hat. Oh, no. And I know you'd even mentioned wanting to go on Sunday. We were a little tight with time. And we just rolled back, but I was like, dude, I don't know. The belt, the buckle, and this jacket are probably cooler than anything else I could buy there. Uh, you know, for me, I just, I love, this year really cemented my love for Leadville as a town. I first realized it when we did our initial training ride out there. Driving into town and just seeing the town happening really warmed my heart that year, or that that trip. And then... Just with all the, like, I, I, like, Leadville gets me emotional. I, there's a connection to, to Sean. I even, you know, there's that part. There's just the event itself, the evolving story of it with us creating the team and, and shepherding new people through. Um, so it's just all, like that town now means a lot to me. Um, and I didn't really realize that until this past trip. Um, and so, just like if I have the opportunity to buy something something locally in Denver, I'll do it. Buying a $25 hat isn't going to make or break them, but it's throwing some some yeah. support, you no, know, beyond cool. the race registration, beyond getting a coffee at the City on a Hill. Like it's just one of those things where you're right. The belt buckle, the 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 jacket, all, all that stuff ample, beyond ample. Yeah. Plus the race on top of it. Like you get to do the race. Um, but I just wanted to support the town, I guess. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's get in the truck. We're done recording. <laughs> I got mountain bikes that are freshly cleaned with air in the tires. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So, uh, I, well, let's get into the race, man, because we had, you know, the, we had a hundred miles to ride, had 104 miles to ride. And, uh, there was a little bit of newness to the course, right? Stuff that there was for the first time that I've ever seen, you know, being my fourth one. And again, you started a year before me, but. Uh, it's been the same course every time. Yeah. Like, I know the course inside, right. and there was a deviation. And, and even in our pre rides, we didn't pre ride the deviation right. because it was minor. It's like, oh, we're just going to do this. Um, but probably should have pre ride. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. Just a, like it wasn't that thing. It was this thing. But man, this thing kind of blew, especially because I was by myself. But we'll get into that. But we yeah. had we had 104 miles, and we had a bunch of people to do it. Um, we had everybody split up from. All the way at the front of the race, you and Elander started in gold. God, that was so cool, by the way. Um, and then all the way back to white. I mean, we had racers in every corral. Yeah. Um, 
big difference this year to other years was we did wave starts. So um, a start gun 6.30 every three minutes for the first handful of corrals, then every four minutes to the back of the race. And goddamn COVID, no COVID, new COVID, whatever. Uh, I hope that stays forever. You So you liked it? Well, yeah. I guess you didn't really get I, to appreciate no, it. Yeah, I didn't get to appreciate it. Yeah. So I was actually interested. I wanted to ask you about that. Like how, you know, because when you go off the front, right, because usually there's a mass start, which right. it looks cool because you have... 1,600 yeah, riders. Yeah, 1,600 people just like barrel down 6th Avenue. Yeah. Um, so my experience was kind of the same, right? It was like shotgun blast and we all went. Yeah. The only difference and plus was like, you guys have a neutral rollout anyway. Right. And so, yeah, the only difference was like my neutral rollout was at 30 miles an hour. And I was surrounded by Olympians and yeah. national champions. Like the best of the best like, in the country. <laughs> it was but it was awesome, by yeah. the way. Like um, Elander even popped off the front. Yeah. So I hadn't got to tell you that. But as we were doing the neutral route, it's neutral, but again, it's 30 miles an hour. Like you're hauling, right? And uh, at the first hill, Elander broke because I knew he just wanted to be at the front for, just a, for second. Just a second. So he led the whole race for like eight and a half seconds. And I was screaming, I'm like, I see you, Elander. I'm like hollering at him. Um, but we had clustered in and, and so for us, it was kind of like the same, it was just blistering fast and I never got to start that far up yep. and, uh, it, it was a hell of a good time. Up there. I bet. Yeah. So you've all, anybody that's paid attention to this race or even this podcast knows that the, the traffic situation is a big hurdle. Um, you have a lot of factors and most of which are just the concentration of people. If you take skill and fitness out of it, when you have 1600 people going up the same climb, it's going to get bottlenecked bad. And this year with, you know, four minutes between orange and blue, I, I didn't really have, I, I got to r- ride a, a very comfortable pace up Kevin's. There's a couple of little glitchy spots, but it was nowhere near the shit show. Um, and in years gone by, Mass start, everybody goes off at the same time. That congestion, you'd get a little bit strung out on the first uh, road descent. But then as soon as it started going back up Hagerman to the top of a power line, it would all bunch up again. And people were messing up their lines and unclipping. And and so none of that happened. So once you got to the top of of the, the turquoise lake descent, I, there was no traffic. Oh, that's awesome. So you had to ride the race the way you wanted to. You had a yeah. clean course for the yeah. most part. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was awesome. Uh, so wave starts. I hope it never goes back. Yeah. Um, we'll get into this. It made my, I'm kind of burying the lead a little bit, but it made my race math a little difficult at the end. Yeah. Cause in a, I mean, it was a split second decision. I had my computer on and the start gun went off and I made the decision right in that moment to hit start. So I had race time. So I had cutoff time yeah. instead of chip time. Okay, cool. Um, but so you, so then you were getting towards the end because you were, you were, I mean, you finished, you got your buckle, yeah. but you didn't have, you had like 10 minutes or so to spare, but you could have been looking down and thinking you had less. I or missed it. I was just doing it was, I was really number crunching. We'll get to it. I kind of want to have the progression of the whole day to Deal, get to enough. get to the last hour of my day. Uh, cause it was spicy. Well, I'm uh, sure you, you, uh, <laughs> you had us breathing hard. <laughs> um, everybody keeps telling me that I was like, well, 
Just know that as nervous as any of you were. Yeah, right, right, right. Pales, <laughs> pales to what you feel. Um, uh, so the wave starts, uh, you know, if by any chance anybody from the, the Leadville organization ever hears this podcast, um, I think this is for sure a vote uh, for for continuing that. There was There was only one part of it that, there was only one thing I could ever think of it as a negative, which was for those of us that did get to go off earlier, you know, at the start and moving at a good clip, I actually dealt with two-way traffic all the way back to Twin Lakes inbound. So, after, Oh, wow. So, yeah, right? And so the- All the way back. All the, so that area from Twin Lakes to the start of Columbine, you get, they call that the goat path. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, one line is what everyone rides on the way out. And then you ride that same line on the way back. Yeah. But with two-way traffic, I was... You were just... You had to be on the right. I I don't know. For whatever reason, I just felt like these people coming this way, like this, like towards me now, this, they're riding it the way that it's supposed to... You're supposed to ride on that trail, right? Mm -hmm. And even though... Even if I was going uphill, because you kind of go up and down in that goat path, even if I had like that quote-unquote right away, I was kind of like, no, they need it. First off, they need to move their ass because they're pretty close to Mm -hmm. to the deal. Um, so I found myself riding in like really skanky terrain to kind of yield the trail to them. And that was the only, and that's super minor, right? And part of it is like, I get to puff my chest and be like, yeah, I had two-way traffic all the way to Twin. So when I got to the Twin Lakes timing mat, um, I got there at the exact moment that they were stopping the race for the cutoff time for people coming yeah, inbound right. or outbound. Rather. Yeah, yeah. And so th- I did, I dealt with two-way traffic that whole way. Which so made it, like I didn't get to rail my Columbine descent. Well, you never do. I mean, sometimes you do, but when you're alone training. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I just I dealt with that a little bit. But it wasn't enough to cause a. It wasn't enough of a problem for me to create such a problem for everyone else starting the race. You right. Know? Right. Um, yeah, because I mean, I'm thinking about that trail, and if somebody grabs a bottle or something, you could clip an oncoming bar. Oh, like it's, it was tight. Yeah. Yeah. It was that, tight. That had to be stressful for everybody. Yeah, it was. And, and again, that's why I was like, you know what, throw it to an easy gear and, and not, not going to win or lose it there. Right. And not for nothing, like me coming this way, I'm going to be a more skilled rider than anyone coming the other direction. So I'll just hedge towards me riding a little bit harder stuff and being, but, right. let me manage it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I was, I was telling Elander that I did that because he was in front of me. Um, and, uh, cause he's, just silly fast on his time. It's unbelievable. Like spoiler alert, the kid ran a six forty six and finished twelfth in the entire field. Like unbel- like there no other pros finished or nobody in front of him. Uh, nobody finished in front of him that isn't paid to ride a bike exclusively. Like their only job. Like that's yeah. how good that kid is. Yeah. So he was ahead of me, and he said he goes, "Oh, I, I took the I took the primary route, and I just freaking kept my." Elbows hard, and I looked up, and I was. And everyone knew, and now he's like, "They all got out of my way." <laughs> I'm like, "Dang, I didn't really." He's see such that a quiet, composed kid, right? I would love to be like a fly on his shoulder during a race because I bet he's one of those people like he the, switches the switch. Bit. Yeah, yeah. I think like the serial killer comes out totally, and, and because he sees, and that's a compliment. So jo- yeah, he still seems so jovial. I mean, I think he would kill someone smiling, right? Yeah. Like if he had to, like if it was put on him to do that. Totally. Um, but anyway, yeah, that, but no, the start, dude, the start was, the start was fast. And like I said, I was riding with that, um, Haley, the girl that had just got the gold medal in Tokyo. And, you know, first off, I got my ass kicked by six, six women in the whole field. And I was like, I would have been the seventh woman if I was a female. Yeah. Um, and they, they didn't just beat me. They like spanked me right with my time and I had a pretty respectable time. And, uh, those first 40 miles I'm riding with these women and 
they are just strong without looking like they're trying. Now, granted, there's areas where I just have more power just by default of being a larger human with larger legs, right? So some of those like false flats, I would do all the pulling. And I found myself on the front 40, I did a ton of pulling just because my speed was just a little bit faster. I get kind of annoyed in the pace line, scrub and break or spin and easy. I'm going to do it if I need to. But the first 40, I felt great. And so I'm doing these pulls and sure enough, Haley's like, on my on my wheel mm-hmm. and then we get to a little bit of a flat and there she goes by me or she's we get gone. to a climb and yeah. there she goes I'm like yeah. damn like they are silly strong man. yeah silly strong it's so impressive uh real quick before I forget about it in front of the entire team at dinner the night before I told Elander if you win tomorrow the whole race <laughs> I'll he ordered a new bike um I was like if you win tomorrow I'll give you your bike you're kind of in a tough spot right now. No. Well, a little bit. No. I mean, he stood on a top box podium. I said if he won the race. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Like, if he beat Keegan Swenson. That like, if he, was, he first knows, overall. Yeah. Okay. That wasn't a Not first age, 20 to 29. No. No. <laughs> no. Absolutely. That, first of all, I don't make bets. I know I'm going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I mentioned this because I was counting – <laughs> when they were coming back towards you. Yeah. 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 When he came through, he was fifth. And my whole way up Columbine, I was like, is if he sits in fifth, he has a real good chance of getting a bike. Yeah, like your your race almost just cost you eleven thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I was definitely counting. Yeah, it was when I when I when I saw the first pro rider come back, I, I started the the mental count. Yeah, he uh yeah, I was counting him because he told me, he's like, I think like the top pro, I think Keegan will pass me when I have a mile left to go. And he goes, then I think I'll pass you when you have a mile left to go. And I'm like, damn, dude, you're like pretty like, confident about how this thing's going to go down. And you've never ridden this race before. And sure enough, the Keegan passed me and I had two miles to go uh-huh. to the top of Columbine. Uh-huh. And then I keep, and then I start counting to see what place is in. And yeah. then he passed me and sure as shit, I was a mile from the top. And I just am laughing at him and just like, screaming at him. Like, how do you know? Go. And then his goal time for the summit, you know, his uh, like mandatory, he's like, I got to be at the top of combine within four hours. And he was there well in advance of that because I hit the top of combine in like 402. So as I was suffering up Columbine's final pitch, like in my, I was like 3651. That was my gear ratio at that time. And I'm suffering up and I'm looking at my clock and it's like 358 and 359. And I'm like, I've now adopted Elander's like goal of four hours. And I'm like, there's no, in four hours. And then it's 401 and I'm just like, just deflated. So I hit it like 402. So I I mean, he was so far ahead of his pace. Um, But uh, yeah, those first 40 miles, dude, I felt good. But I, uh, I blew up on Columbine. I had an amazing first 40 miles, like to the point where I, I had my first ever successful pace line. On the right, I I would always, and I just never got a good pace line in the four times I've done it. I've never gotten a good pace line until this one. And we came off a power line. There's a woman right in front of me and there's a big group of like 30 people. And then us two. And she said, are we going to get this group? And they looked like power line just kind of beat you a little bit. And I was like, I don't know. And then she went and I was like, well, 
you got to try to get the group because right. there wasn't another group to like behind me to get. And we bridge, she and I bridged to the group and then we had a phenomenal 30 person pace line. Oh dude, that's great. Cause then it's just, you, isn't it great looking at your speedometer and be like, dude, I'm going 22. This making this race go by pretty quick. And that's a big part to get out of the way. Yeah. If you, um, I think that's the Leadville make or break pace lines on the way out and pace lines on the way back. Yep. Um, all of the other stuff is hard. Don't get me wrong. It, and it's significantly harder, but those, those spots of flats, if you can exert two to 5% more effort to bridge or to get, it'll pay dividends like 20%. Well, that was just it is savings. We, we probably half burnt a match yeah. to get to that group. Um, but then just when you have that many people, yeah. And works. if you can't, and that was the thing, I think a lot of people think that to be in a pace line, you have to do these impressive pulls. Just take a turn. Yeah. I took a couple of turns that were over the course of that whole section. Everybody was moving through pretty effectively. I mean, my longest pull was 45 seconds. Yeah. When you have that many people, you don't need a hero. Yeah. Yeah. You do. And you just agree on, and you communicate and you, um, as long as you do, as long as you contribute, I don't think people have a problem. Oh, well, and if you don't, and we'll get to that, but on my way back, uh, Daddy Justin came out, was <laughs> was definitely spanking some heinies over my knee because uh, do your part, right? Like, do your part. And that, that just what you're saying. Do your part. Do 10 seconds. I don't care. Yeah. Just do your part, Do something, right? yeah. Because if you don't, you're going you're gonna to create some strife and, and make a muddy mess. And that happened to me on the way back, but... Um, yeah, so we both felt good into 40. We had our aid station there, which those guys were awesome, right? Like, they kind of ironed out their kinks a little bit by the time we came back from Twin Lakes. Um, but we had, a, we had a good group of people out there both just cheering. And then you had Colin and Colin as, like, the, the bottle hander-uppers, which, again, you know, they smoothed out the wrinkles. So there was a lot of intensity when I came into the aid station. Oh, you yelled at them. No, that was Derek. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was pretty amazing. Uh, they Colin's Colin, and so he's no, very. We'll get to it. you're dancing yeah. around the fucking deal. Tell me what happened at the aid station. It was just too much. Too much like, what? Like there was five people on me. Oh, okay. Like so you stopped. So, well, yeah, I, 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 I dropped the bag. Stopped. Okay, cool. I dropped a bag. I got a bottle. Um, it was just it was so much because Colin Smith very quiet. He's just like, he's very service oriented when he's in that tent. And I know that from when we worked the tent with him. Um, and so it's very much, what do you need? And I told him, I was like, all my bottles are the same. Just put two, two new bottles in my bag, in my bike. Uh, and I'm going to drop my camel back and I'll drink a bottle there. So he and I had it all planned out. Colin Donovan screaming at me, Bardo screaming at you, you look fucking great. And it was awesome. But it also, in my mind, there were some things that I, I was like, oh, I'm going to, my rear axle was loosening up. I was like, when I roll into the aid station, I need to handle this axle. And I was so overwhelmed. And they were like, go, go, you're doing great. Blah, blah, blah. And I just tore ass out of there <laughs> and forgot all the shit I needed to do. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, it was a lot. Like, it was great, but it was also a lot when you're, you know, you're burying yourself out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I love those guys. And, you know, 
I don't think there's a having done both sides of the race. I don't think as a racer who also has crewed, you can say thank you enough times to the people that crew because it's as hard as doing the race. Yeah. I mean, it's exhausting. It's, it's energy taxing because you know, we're, we get jacked up for just ourselves when you're racing, right? Like you got to keep yourself going and they're, they're going to do that. You know, they did it nine, 10, 10 times or so, 11 times as people came through, you know, up and down. So it is, it's, it's a lot. They keeping track of what people want and keeping track of, you know, like we're, we're basically you're on the ragged edge for the whole day, physically, emotionally, everything. And so we may come in and snap at them, but we don't mean it. And so they just take it because they know. Right. Right. And so like, it's as, it's as hard a job as doing the race. We uh, had it set up for me that it was going to be hand-ups. I know Elander oh, and I both did hand-ups. Yeah. And so um, I've been working with Colin Smith in the gym for years now, right? I've yeah. been doing workouts for years. And sometimes in the workouts, uh, you know, I'll be like, oh, you know, you're going to get on the woodway and you're going to do a 20-second sprint and then go do a plank or something. Maybe we're going to do that, right? And Colin, like, he likes to sprint, right? And so you can be like, not that he likes to sprint, but he, he will sprint. But I just learned on Saturday that he's actually never sprinted in the gym ever when I've asked him to because I actually saw, saw him, him sprint, sprint on Saturday. It was phenomenal because I had a three-bottle request. Uh-huh. Um, I had one bottle cage on my bike. And so as I came through the aid station, I tossed my what should have been empties. And this is the kind of crucial flaw of my race. So I tossed the two bottles that I had with me. One empty and the other one two-thirds of the way full still. And uh, all of my fuel was in the bottles. And so... Uh, coming into the 40 miler, I was two thirds of a bottle or do simple math, 220 calories and, you know, 16, 15 ounces of water behind. So I throw those bottles before I reach where they are. And there's Colin, he hands me one bottle as I'm rolling through, I stuff it in the cage and then I'm going to grab the other one, which he has. And, you know, this is already, you know, we're already running out of real estate here. So now I look back and he is sprinting. He is like, he's going for like a 40 time at the NFL combine, like (laughs) sprinting and he's sprinting like with his arms super elongated. So a no arm spring, no arm swing, stretched sprint to get me the other bottle, which I'm able to reach back and grab because I got long arms. So it was kind of like that painting that you see, you know, our hands are fully, arms fully extended. And I grab the bottle and plug it. And then Colin Donovan's up front with my go-go juice, which uh, was another noon prime is what I decided to drink. And so that all kind of worked out. Um, and then Bart, you're right, he, they were screaming, catch those guys. I'm like, I was just leading all 15 of them. <laughs> I just slowed down to get this like exchange. Yeah. Um, but that's when I knew I made my mistake. Yeah. Because I tossed a damn near full bottle, two-thirds bottle. And I was like, this is gonna, this is gonna be a problem. I did something that I had vowed to never do again, which was a race with a camelback. Yeah, I saw that. And it's just experience. I think you can race with a camelback if you have experience and discipline. I just made myself. So I, I learned a neat trick. I had two clocks on my, uh, on my GPS. I had like total time, like no breaks. It doesn't pause. Like it just from start to finish, it just kept going. And then I had a lap timer. And every time I took a big pull off, I hit lap. Did you have just water or did you do the carbor rocket? No, I had carbor rocket in it. Carbor rocket in uh-huh. the camelback. Yes, uh, now. My fatal error, since we're talking about uh, nutrition errors, is I was so focused on the success of all the eating that I did at Silver Rush, much shorter day, much shorter race, um, 
I found success there by eating very consistently all day. Um, but that all day was six and a half hours. Um, that I didn't really have a solid electrolyte plan. So I had two bottles of Carbo Rocket and a bag of Carbo Rocket. I should have had uh, a, a noon hydration uh, or a electrolyte drink in one of my cages because I made it through Twin Likes in the best time I've ever made it through. Um, so much so that... Um, Molly was planning on surprising me at the finish line and she was getting text updates. And she said that my, my outbound times were so much faster that, than she thought they were going to be that she was worried that she wasn't going to meet me at the finish line. Um, and the cramps started coming on, on the Columbine descent. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. I drank a pickle juice on the Columbine ascent. So that's where I was at. Um, Got me a lot sooner than than I expected. The thing is, you know, a few episodes ago we were we raved about Carbo Rocket, and I still do. I think it's miracle juice. Um, you cannot get behind, um, cannot because of the delicate balance. And again, we're beating a dead horse here because we just talked about this. But be, for me, because the delicate balance between taking in those carbs with your hydration, if you typically get cramps, you you look for something. To like fix it. like oh I need a goo or oh I need like oh, I need to eat that or have some gummies or you know what I mean you're, like my body needs something but you you're already getting it with the carb rock and you're right sometimes you just need some more hydration a little bit more hydration especially when you're exerting as hard as you are as hot as it is like Colin Smith brought it up um, this episode is gonna get annoying by saying their last names by the way because they were both there but nonetheless nonetheless. Colin brought it up. He was like, you know, it said it was only 72 degrees outside, but it feels like 100 in Leadville. And it does because you're so high and so exposed. That heat built in, you know, I I begged for just a plain electrolyte or even plain water. Plain water. Um, which I ended up getting. Like anytime get, people gave water hand ups, I took them because I, I just needed plain water. I agree. Um, when I got to, I, I had it in my head that I was not going to stop at the top of Columbine, mm-hmm. but I felt the first little twinge of a cramp on the up as I, I didn't want to stop, but I had, I, I stopped and got a whole bottle of water, drank it and had another refill. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and you know, mental had an interesting theory because Carbo rocket does have electrolytes. Yeah. I think it has a full profile. It does. And you he's, he's drink a ton. He's way nerdier about this stuff. And so I would actually completely, cause he did his whole fueling test and like, right. He's exhausted the subject, right? Um, his thought was that the difference between Carbo Rocket and just doing a bottle of noon in between, say, your, whatever your nutrition plan is, is that with Carbo Rocket, your body has to th- think about a lot of stuff in Carbo because it's got all the carbs, it's got the BCAAs, mm-hmm. it's got the electrolytes, like it's got so much in it. And then maybe with just a noon tablet and a bottle of water, it's just water and electrolytes. Yeah, I think the body tax. I also think, okay, if you stick to your plan, which I didn't, I botched my plan because my <laughs> time into Twin Lakes was 2.22. I was into Twin Lakes. So I was blistering fast, fast into Twin Lakes with one and a third bottles drink. Yeah. Okay. So Was it because of the back bottle situation? No, no, no. Because no, you know. Like, yeah, no, it was, it. it was only because I was riding – Way strong and way fast. Like I was pushing the, I was pushing the meter. Like, I mean, I was fast. That was fast by a long shot that I've ever gotten there. 
And so uh, I just wasn't, not that I wasn't even thinking about it, but I was just pedaling so hard that I'm like, I grabbed it when I could and then I didn't. And then next thing you know, like it just went by so quickly there. that I'm like, shit, I'm here. And then I, I didn't even really notice how much I had left until I pulled it. And I was like, oh, damn. Right. Um, but say I had even drank all that. Because those two bottles for those two hours would have been fine um, because I had a bottle right before the start. So I, I would have been on track. But what if it's so hot out or maybe you're pushing so hard or sweating so hard that, yeah, one bottle of Carborocket per hour is all I need, but maybe I need another 10 ounces of just liquid. And that was where I ran into some of the um, pushback with my body and how I felt was that I, I need liquid. I'm just freaking thirsty, dude. Yeah. But to drink, I'm also, I'm, I'm having to drink these calories and I don't really, I know I may need them. I don't really want, I want the calories, but I want more just Cold water. Yeah. And so <laughs> the number of times yeah, on the course that I was totally. just like, I just want cold oh water. My God, I know the pizza guy at the top of, <laughs> oh, of that guy. power line. Somebody you want some Coke? No, I just want some fucking water. <laughs> I don't have any water. I have Coke. Sweet. Uh, okay. The people with the wet towels, like ice cold towels at the bottom of Carter, like yeah. the climb of Carter summit, they're handing out ice cold towels. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Do you have a chance to have any ice water that you use to get those towels wet? And they said, no, we no. have cans of Coke. Yeah. Uh, Sweet. That's not. It wasn't until like, oh, <laughs> I'm making the turn. I'm like, man, I really could use some water. I see Rob Kevlich out of nowhere. I had no idea he was going to be there. Kevlich is on the Carter Summit climb next to his van. I see his van. I'm like, that. And I saw his cue ball head. That's Rob. Rob. And he looks back. He's like, how? I go, dude. I'm feeling terrible. And I was just begging, like, I hope this motherfucker's got water. And he goes, I got something for you. I'm like, yes, it's going to be water. Coke. No, he runs out and he grabs a box of donut holes and he's running <laughs> alongside me. And he goes, I got donut holes. And you know what? They, they were cake donut holes. Like, at least if they were jelly filled, I would have got like some like water from the jelly. They're cake donut holes. And he's so excited. I don't want to hurt his feelings. He goes, let me take a donut hole. And I was like, oh man, a donut hole. Yeah, it's awesome. And so I grab one, I go chuck one, and he's looking at me and he's smiling, and I'm kind of like, this is terrible. And my mouth hurts. I want water. And so I take a bite of the donut hole. Sucks all the moisture. And he goes, Yeah, I'm telling everybody, Justin ate a donut. And I'm like chewing it and I drop the half that I don't chew. And I pedal a little bit more. He's like, All right, man, it's only a 12 minute climb for you. And he's all excited. He runs back and I take two more pedal strokes and I spit out the like, half chewed rest of the donut hole. I spit it all out. Like, and my mouth feels like just like the desert that Jesus walked to, through for 40 days. And I'm like, Oh. And this lady on the side of the road, she goes, Oh, you don't want the donut hole? And I was like, Uh, I'm like, I got a six pack, dude. I can't eat donut holes. <laughs> That's all I could say. <laughs> and I, uh, thank God Garmin was there because Garmin. Garmin, had, Garmin's what rescued me too. Yeah, We're getting so, a little bit ahead. Yeah, but, but just the the water, you know, yeah. I threw them my bottle. I was like, just water. They're like, you got some stuff in here. I'm like, pour that shit out. I just want water. Um, but yeah, I think that this is, it's always learning, right? Like we're always learning. Okay, I had a great time. I had my IPR by 37 minutes. Okay, I had yeah. a phenomenal time, but I didn't execute flawlessly, and I have more learning to do. Like I learned more. I experienced flawless races this year on Carbon Rocket, and it's just you know what? For that race, in that exposure, that elevation. I mean, I knew my mouth was dry for the days leading into the race that I was there. Like yeah. I just, just needed out. more hydration, yeah. um, and that was you know it's a learning lesson, but. The, Ain't you know, Leadville fucking cool, yeah. right? Like, it's it still can teach you something. Yeah, you know. Um, I it's weird how your I, <laughs> I don't know if your brain makes you forget, but there's just parts of that course I don't remember. Um, 
and the the section from Powerline to uh, Twin Lakes is so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I just again, like I was riding through it, and I was like. This is awesome. Like, it looks like there's tons of little campsites off of it. Oh, well, and- I'll tell you what. You couldn't, like right now, I could double down on your Elander free bike offer. I bet you a free bike right now, you couldn't go back and without assistance drive whatever j- fang dangled route could you not rode a it. bike on. No. Because <laughs> there's a spider network of dirt roads back yeah. there that have BLM land and forest service land and, and, and like, camping and little freaking lakes to fish in and camp. Like There's all this stuff. You wouldn't be able to find your way through no. No, and I wouldn't even try. Um, but, and I think that's the thing. I had a, a handful of moments where I really let myself appreciate the race or where we were, not the race. The first is on the fire road to Kevin's with the the fog. Oh, dude, the way it was hanging settled so in. low. Oh, it was like a, an inversion. So you yeah. had like that hanging fog and then you could see mountains and then blue sky yep. and cows are out there walking around. What? And it it's hard because you need to be focused, but give yourself five seconds. Oh, man, yeah. I turned to a fully kitted, like one of these, I think it was an EF guy, and I'm like, dude, you see how beautiful this is? And he's just like, yeah. on his like head tube, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the second one was at the top of the fire road for Hagerman. Before it turns onto the oh, yeah. the rocky goat trail, you look to the right, dude. You, uh, what? You just look out over this valley. You can see the lakes below, or the lake below. In the sun at that time, it's the golden hour, so the sun's cresting up over the hill. Like it's a fucking postcard, dude. It's You're pro- riding yeah. in a postcard. You are. In- um, and then for me, the the other one was, I was having, I was feeling so good. Um, highest to highs, lowest to lows, right? Um. But that section from the the power line timing mat, because uh, they have that big Leadville thing that you ride under, uh, all the way to to Twin Lakes, I was just like, you know, I would ride this if it was a ride that I could just drive to in thirty minutes. Yeah, it was. It's not mountain biking necessarily; it's gravel stuff. But it it was you go through some cool shit. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it, there's more to be, and it's cool that again. Fourth time there, fourth, you know, going there, you just get more. You get more from it. You know, I'm, I'm not one who re, I don't reread books. I don't re- rewatch movies. I don't because I, my, I remember too much of them. Not all of them, but I remember too. Like people are like, oh yeah, The Matrix. They watch The Matrix and they pick on a small thing. And I'm like, yeah, but I can have like have the plot in my head. And so I'm not that interested. I just don't rewatch them. Um, like I'm going to end up with a 10 year buckle. I'll rewatch Lightfield 10 times. Like I know. it will happen. You right. know, I, I, yeah, damn it. Um, it's just, it's just, it, I know it, it, with the exception of moving away. Right. Like I don't think, but I live here. Right. You know, we live here. Like, yeah, yeah. you're going to do that. Uh, I'm sure. What else am I doing on the second weekend in August? Ever. Know? I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, so, and there was a change on Columbine too, cause they split the traffic for a little while. Yeah. So because we didn't have to go all the way up to that, like hut that was up there, which I'm glad about because you know, you climb to the top of Columbine in years past, and you do that short little, short little descent, descent to the lollipop where you turn around. And then you're like, I'm immediately going back uphill. And you're like, I was just kind of going uphill for an hour. I don't want to go uphill anymore. Um, so I like the fact that they removed it for that. And, yeah, they used that opportunity because there's 
like a split level fire roads, uh-huh. and they used that to create a little, route. yeah. So little, it was a little relief from the two way traffic. Yeah. Now, the two way traffic you still have on Columbine is sketchier than hell because on the way down, you have to ride the baby heads, and it is loose in the loosest of terms. Uh, it's. Uh, you know, there, there's one thing, and I was, I was very curious to, to see what happened with our team members who pre-rode Columbine at a team ride, free and clear, able to ride wherever they wanted, and to get there, I haven't talked to any of them yet, really, but to get that feedback of, okay, you rode it once with not a rider in front of you up or down, how did the experience change in the race? Because yeah. when you're when you've got two way traffic that that upper part it's super steep it's super loose and the way the bench cut is is that all the loose debris is out to the side that you're descending mm-hmm. yeah so you're you, descending the shit so you're it's riding like, yeah. the shit yeah. and there's not a there's not an option well i'll tell you as as one of those people um i had i did not have my fastest time down uh, columbine my How descent could you? and not only did i not have my fastest time but I was chastising myself in the in the descent during the race. Like, being like, what are you doing? Like, I was riding brakes. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, I was yelling at myself because I knew I was giving up speed. Um, but I was also, you know, again, I was at the, the furthest tip of the spear that I've ever been on the race. So I had more traffic than I've ever had to pass. And with the wave start, again, I had traffic the entire way down. I had two-way traffic. And... Um, I was I was a little sketched out. I mean, I was sketched out that I was I was scrubbing a lot of break. Like I almost dead stopped on two of the switchbacks coming down. There's some dicey. I mean, I saw dicey because I was effectively and saw the middle, the whole middle of the race between you know the the racers that were below the top 25% and then me being above the bottom 25% where I was in the race. I saw the exact middle of the race. Yeah. Um, on Columbine specifically, and there was sketchy people on both sides. Yeah, there was people riding down way too fast, three across. Yeah, see, that's and then, but there was people on my side when we're going up, making real sketchy passes. Yeah, you know, like I get that you've got the gas in the tank to go around this rider in front of you, but look, you can see all the way up the hill. Can you just take a second and, and not sketch everybody out? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. The marginal return on this pass. Yeah. You know, I, this is a good time to bring it up because I got to see everyone on my way down, like our whole team. Right. Yeah. And I got to be really impressed by, I was, I was impressed by some people. I'm like, holy crap. I can't believe like Murphy, like unbelievable ride, by the way, like yeah. Murphy did such an unbelievable ride. I'm so proud of him. And, V-Rod was like right there at the front. I'm like, holy. And then I see Shane. And I'm like, oh my God. But, you know, by seeing, getting to see the whole race, then I see Larson. I'm like, well, wait a second. He was, Larson would have been ahead of Shane. So I'm like, something's up there. You know, so I start playing this out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, no false holler, no false holler. So here's the time, Brandon. I didn't see you. And I looked. I saw you. I yelled at you. I, I, know, I was also <laughs> going over 20 miles an hour, I'm yeah. sure. But I was looking the whole way down for everyone on our team to yeah. like, have an interchange, right? See mental, holler out mental. Yeah. He, he, but it's, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, when you're by somebody. Yeah. But I was being, I think I was riding slower on the descent because of all the people, but uh-huh. also I, I didn't want to miss anyone, right? right? I was like, it was, it was cool. Yeah. 
We had a huge team out there. Yeah. You know, probably had the most amount of matching jerseys out there with maybe the exception of one charity group. So uh, I didn't see you. And then my head started going because I was like, oh, shit. And so I'm, I'm still looking for you. I'm at the bottom of Columbine. I'm still looking for you. I'm at the like super bottom. I'm rolling out to like the alternate aid station. I'm through that. I'm back into the goat track. I'm still looking for you. I got to the Twin Lakes inbound aid station again now and got my bottles two of the three. Which at that point, if you hadn't seen me, that means I, I didn't make it. So I was like trying to look at the aid station to see if you were in it. Like it was, dude, I was really worried yeah. because I didn't, I, my head went yeah. like dark. Yeah. I saw you. The problem was I had my vest on. I rode up Columbine with my uh, vest on. Ah, that's why you had that $8,000 Rafa vest yes. on. Yes. <laughs> hey, if I'm going to pay $8,000 for a vest, I'm wearing it. All right. I don't care if it's too hot. <laughs> That's why then, because yeah. I, I was eagle eyed out yeah. looking for, yeah. for you. And when I didn't see you, I, I got, I was, I was like, son of a. Yeah. You would have only seen my sleeve poking out. You yeah. wouldn't have seen any, well, you know, the short, but. Yeah. But the uh, best I saw too. you. I yelled at you and you were just in it. I, I, I hit you with a big old, yeah, no ride around. And oh, you just. Cool. Good. So uh, I was going fast. Yeah. All right. Did, did I have a good body position? Or yeah, you look great. Good? All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Um, but you know, I mean, again, uh, as far as time goes, where I was on the Columbine climb, when I saw my first pro was a pretty good indicator that I was doing well for my, my pace and my mm-hmm. time. Um, but when the wheels came off, boy, did they come off? Uh-oh. I mean, so you stopped the Columbine for water. Stopped the Columbine. I got, and, um, Evan and I were kind of riding together a little bit and, um, somewhere on the descent, he was gone and behind you gone behind me. You yeah. Shot him out the back. Yeah. Um, and I rolled through twin lakes. I got, and it was an, <laughs> love those guys, but it was another thing where I still, at this point, I still haven't addressed the axle thing that I know is a problem. Mm-hmm. Like I know I need to stop and tighten my axle. Um, I ditch my vest. I ditch my arm warmers. I grab my Camelback, which has been refilled. I get two new bottles. Um, but I wanted water, and I wanted my axle fix. I didn't do that because everybody's screaming at me again. <laughs> <laughs> I take off, and uh, that ro- there's a road climb to yeah. the top of that, uh, the beginning of the fire road stuff, back to, to power line or to uh, – Pipeline. Yeah. Outbound. And like I said, I knew the, the cramps were sneaking up on me. A little bit on the climb of power of uh, Columbine, just a little bit. But then on the descent, like I couldn't hold my body position very well. Um, as far as like being in a squat uh-huh. to get down. And it was it was every every cramp you could imagine. It was the, the inside the adductors. It was the the quad. It was the ass cheek. It was the fucking lat. <laughs> uh, My ear, your yeah. gauges cramped. Yeah, I had a great gauge popped out because yeah. it cramped. Yeah. Uh, and so I at Silver Rush, I had started having some bad cramps, and I just you know I basically I didn't want any more Carbo Rocket during that race, but. Um, I basically just did like a, a wat, like a mouthwash of carbo rocket and just kept pedaling and pedaled through it. And that was not working. Um, I'll spare everybody the four hours of alternating between walking and pedaling and trying to work through cramps and trying to hydrate and trying to 
fucking chew on goddamn noon tablets and wash it down with water. I mean, it was a saga, but I was still ahead of all the cutoffs. And when, oh, we need to talk about the reroute for the single track. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I, I got on that, that because there's a little piece of road that, again, you could get on a little pace line before you hit that. Did that, and I was like, okay, maybe it's like I, I leaked it with a little bit of a good group. I was like, all right, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm through the cramps. Maybe I'm okay. And then you turn left onto that turn left sandy, onto that sandy bullshit double track that is just soul sucking. And I walked slash pedaled that. I mean, it was. I definitely defaulted back to my first year doing it, where I just basically had the the mindset of as long as I keep making cutoffs, I'll keep going. If I miss a cutoff, nothing can be can be done. But as long as I'm head of ahead of cutoffs, I'll be fine. Um, and I managed to stay ahead of cutoffs, but I walk, I, I mean, I walked every inch of power line. Oh, wow. I couldn't pedal. The whole thing. The whole thing. Like not just the first part, all power line. All the power. Like, oh, wow. The, I, I was cramping while I was walking. That explains how your pace just, just cause your cratered. pace was amazing through yep. 60. Yep. And just fell. Yep. So I was literally like hiking up power line, my legs were cramping. My ass cheeks were cramping. My calves were cramping. Like I, I just couldn't, I couldn't get through it. Son of a bitch. Um, That's a long walk. It's a super fucking long walk, especially when every time you push off of a leg, the whole thing just locks. Yeah. As you pull the next one through and locks. Um, but there was people with water and I chugged, I think I just stuck my face in the bottom of their cooler <laughs> and just siphoned bought water. Bought it for water. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was the, the, the whole second half of my day. I, I really do think I was on pace for maybe a, just an 11 easy, yeah. maybe a sub 11, uh, which would have been a, a pretty big PR for me. Um, but that hydration electrolyte thing, um, it just, I missed it. Yeah. I learned from it, yeah. <laughs> but that Garmin tent, uh, got me right with some goo electrolyte, uh, capsules. Yeah. And I don't know. And that was, and I asked you that night, Hey, does this make sense? Does it make sense that I had the fuel to put in an effort, but could also be cramping? Yeah. And we did well, what I said was that's the brain element, right? And that's what those tablets and that's what that stuff, you know, pickle juice and hot shots. That's what they work on, right? There's a, you know, the computer has to be hooked to the pistons. Right. And, and if the computer gets frazzled or that connection gets frazzled in somewhere, the pistons can still be there, but that doesn't mean that they're working right, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah well, that, 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 that's what happened. I yeah. mean, and so the middle of my, the middle part of my story is just as lackluster as the actual performance. <laughs> 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 it makes it, it matches. <laughs> um, but I got right with the goo uh, capsules. Get up the the climb to the the Carter Summit aid, and the guy go. And this is where the race math thing came into play. Now, bearing in mind, I started seventeen minutes behind a gun start. Fifteen. Fifteen minutes. Okay. But my my clock shows gun start time. Right. So I'm trying to do like 
math because I have time of day. I rode with no power, no heart rate. And I think that paid huge dividends until the cramping start. Well, the cramping had nothing to do with that. I will always race with no power, no heart rate from yeah, now on. Smart. From now on. You don't need to know. I don't need Try to Try hard. Yeah, exactly. Um, What's your pace right now? Trying hard. Yeah. What, what are you, you doing do? right now? <laughs> Try hard. Yeah. Um, we roll up over the top of Carter, uh, Carter Aid, and the guy runs up to me and goes, it's an hour and five minutes. Look at your clock. And I looked down at my clock, and I had an hour and six minutes. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah and i i think i put in one of my top effort performances on a bicycle ever in the last nine miles did you see my comment on your my zone this morning no i, I was commenting on i was looking at everyone's my zones this morning our heart rate monitors and the, the heart rate data and i i commented on your my zone and in my comment was exactly to that it was it was to what you were able to do in the back part of the the very end of the race um and you were able to finish like above threshold right well above yeah. threshold you put in it, it was almost like hey harley i need you to go out and do a one hour threshold ride cool and then you had a heart rate data that correlated with it you had that after 11 hours on the or 10 hours and 49 minutes on the bike you decided to do that this race is always a journey of discovery. Every one of them. Um, you were there the year that I didn't finish due to cramping. And the cramping that I had at this race was every bit as bad as that day. And I just, I wasn't going to stop. I just wasn't. I was like, I'll just keep fucking walking. Yeah. The finish line will get there. I'll, I'll meet the finish line eventually. Yeah. And then... Again, you know, you're a lot of these races in your head. They're so the end of the races are so deceptive. It's just like Silver Rush. Oh, it's all downhill to the to the finish line. Well, first of all, no, it's not. Second of all, it's not a soft toss. It's a hard downhill. Same thing with the 100. Well, I just have to descend Kevin's and then I have the Boulevard, and then I'm I'm done. First of all, Kevin's is not all downhill. Right. There's and what is uphill is marbly effort. And hard. Yeah, trail Fucking riding. steep. Yeah. Um, and then, again, in your head, because it's so fucking long ago, the fire road is downhill. I mean... It's not... Re- you got to pedal. Yeah, it, it's... It, yeah, it's not coasting downhill. No. It's downtrending. It's downtrending. But, I mean, I was... I was way down my cassette and doing a tempo ride at threshold power. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I was... I was putting the juice down there. I got on the road and the whole day I saw a bunch of people with arrow bars. Yeah. And the whole day I was rolling my eyes at him. Fuck this guy. Fuck that guy. No, I got on the road behind a guy with arrow bars and I was like, thank fucking God this guy has arrow bars. (laughs) Cause I just tucked in behind him and he was hammering, but we put in an amazing effort on the pavement to the fire road, to the boulevard and I went as deep as I've ever gone when I was on the boulevard and on the pavement up past the high school. I've never, like, and mentally, emotionally, uh, I've never, because I knew it was going to be minutes. Yeah, you know, so um, at this point, I was at the finish line with Kyle. Everybody. And everybody, but in your wife, right? She was, she was there to surprise you, you know, and um, we're doing math too because I'm like, 
well, wait. And then I ask someone like, what time did you start? Cause I'm trying to like figure out exactly what time you start. How much buffer time do you have? Cause they, you know, they make a big production. I mean, about- it did not say 12. It didn't say 11.59 or whatever when I went through. It definitely said over 12, Yeah, right? no. Well, they make a big production about the 12-hour cutoff, right? right. And then it's like, and they shoot yeah. the shotgun. And they're like, but here's the deal. You guys got to hang out for another 19 minutes because we had stage starts through 19 minutes mm-hmm. after yeah. the official start time. So, you know, they, they make the big production, but then they're like, we'll pull up bib numbers and we'll let you know if it's, if it's a buckle or not a buckle, and they're doing all this stuff. And so we're trying to figure out exactly how much time you have in – and, you know, the thing I kept saying was uh, Harley knows exactly how much time he has. And not for nothing, he if he was fighting or struggling, like, he will use every bit of all of that time to manage, like, how he's able to finish. Because right? mm-hmm. I think you're, you're – and that's, that speaks to your intelligence, not to your, like, oh, no, he's going to hit snooze as, as much as he can. And no, that's not the point. Like, if you're battling cramps on power line and walking, you're doing the math going, like, okay – even if I walk for the next hour, I still have, you know what I mean? Like you're smart enough to be there. At least that's the credit that I give no, you. No, the exact conversation when I got to the bottom of power line, I was like, power line needs to be a one hour problem for me. Right. Because if power line can be a one hour problem for me and I can figure out this cramping, I can finish. That was the exact conversation yeah. in my head. And I knew that. I know that about you, just knowing you. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like telling them, I'm like, guys, he's going to use. Like, don't be surprised if he uses all the time just yeah. because he knows what he has. Like, that's that's an asset. He's going to use it. Um, and you came, you came through. You looked terrible when you came through. I felt awful. You, you looked like – like, you look really good right now. Um, <laughs> you looked terrible then, right? Like, um, not ter- – but, but not terrible um, in like a bummed out, dark cloud I didn't do what I wanted to do way. You just felt terrible and like – I did everything I could do and had sort of way. And there was actually, um, like, and not to sound like all ooey gooey, but there was like a lightness and a positivity about the way you finished. Like you didn't finish and just class and be like, I got those, I hate this. Uh, you, you got done. You go, I need, I need to go sit down. Oh man, I went to some dark places, but I'm here. Like you, <laughs> you had a lightness to you yeah. that was bright. And I was like, Oh, thank God. Because had you not finished within the time, I was like, Oh fuck! We're gonna have a rough couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But you didn't have that. It was it, your energy was great yeah. there. You know, which which was cool because I was Thanks. really yeah. waiting for you to finish so I could get my fucking athlete dinner. I was starving. <laughs> <laughs> I I I appreciate you you being there. Uh, I appreciate everybody being there. Oh, they uh, ran through with you the whole yeah. time, dude. I cannot wait to see my picture because I saw the guy like pick his camera up. As I was coming through the finish line and teammates were running on the side of me. Yeah. Like if that, if it's not captured somewhere, I quit everything. I yeah. quit life. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's the, that should be the cover of Leadville's newspaper. <laughs> totally. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it was, it was a, I mean, I, I reserved it for myself, but I, I got real emotional back at the car. Um, I mean, it was, I, there's a number of times throughout the day that I wanted to quit. And I think that's just that, like when you're at that event, when you're at that part of the event, when things, when you just, you can't get in front of the cramps, you want to quit. You want to quit everything. Yeah. You want to, like, I was thinking of, uh, Cole's story, uh, about hucking his bike and hoping it ripped the derailleur off. I, I I was like, 
I don't know. None of these people know me. I could just run into the woods and like jam a stick in my derailleur and rip it off. And Oh no, my day's over. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and it's almost weird. Cause you just, it's almost for me, you think through these scenarios to provide an escape from the reality of the suffering. Right. Like not the suffering. Cause you're not so it just hurts. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a fantasy that's never going to come to fruition because you're not going to stop riding your bike. You're not going to stop putting one foot in front of the other, turning one pedal over. Like you're going to keep going, but you're going to fantasize about, I don't know, that aid station looks great. I could just sit there. They have all the watermelon. You know, that's, that's the mindset of those of us that do this consistently, frequently, successfully, whatever you like. That's just the way your brain works. Cause there were a lot of people that that did quit, yeah, right, um, because they their fantasy seemed like such a, an it had such a lure that they submitted to it um, because they they haven't maybe maybe they just haven't gone through it enough to realize like, like you know what it feels like to not be able to continue right and it's terrible not only just in a Leadville but like you did, on a training ride you had a bad training ride you're like I just can't do. And that those feelings, you know, they change your mindset, and and that's where like, yeah, you weren't gonna finish. But I'll tell you, man, like at your speed and at my speed, those thoughts still happen for both of us. Like, sure. I'm going up power line, and I, and I'm not moving the way I wanted. I, I knew I messed up my trip. My gut felt terrible. I didn't want to eat anything, but I knew I had to eat. I didn't want to drink, but I knew I had to drink. I I just was. I was in. A, I had a very bad race, right? Like in the way that I felt. Like I felt really bad. Like some people say, um, like, you know, I don't mind losing as long as I have fun. I'm like, fuck you. I'd rather win and have a miserable time. I don't even care. I want to win. And I was having a miserable time and I was still winning on my goal. Right. Right. But I was having a miserable time and I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit. And I was in a spot where you said you had to walk power line and you had to finish it in an hour. At the time I felt so bad. I could have left my bike and just started walking and still made a 12 hour cut. Like, I mean, I had Hey, yeah. you could walk for the next four hours and still, and get still a do 20 miles. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so like, just make sure just, you bring the number plate with you. Yeah. Yeah. Carry the number plate because <laughs> the RFID on the back. Uh, and I still want, I still had that same fantasy of like not continuing or like it, it's no one is exempt from it. And that's where like people who have either quit this race before or not succeeded in like the 12 hour time or whatever, maybe like everyone feels that way, dude. Like it doesn't matter like even i'll even argue that keegan swenson at a time in that race at some point it's very business for him right i I, at least that's what i think seems that way everyone who's working on the on their limit is gonna feel a you know i really don't want to be here we are wired 300 generations of human evolution has moved us to a desire to want to sit and eat and have sex that's really like what like i want to sit not burn a lot of calories eat enough to have extra and procreate. Like that's what we are designed to do. Totally. So when you are as far removed from <laughs> like, that comfort as possible. And let's face okay? it, that's pretty far. I like. mean, let's, okay. On one hand, you are eating a sandwich and receiving a blowjob okay, <laughs> on your couch. And on the other hand, you are riding at 12,000 feet of elevation on the world's hardest seat, yeah. clicked into some fan-dangled machine who has the potential to make you suffer and vibrate the teeth out of your head. You're not going to feel good, dude, but that doesn't change what you're out to do. 
right? And, and that's, that is the brightness that exists in your disposition when you roll through the finish line at, you know, less than 10 minutes to spare. Yeah. Right? It was, it was, it was 11.52.10. I mean, that's the closest. So it's weird. It's my worst finish at Leadville, but it's the one I'm the most proud of. Because I, I mean, the other two times I finished, I didn't get to those places, like, not even close, not even close. And so, yeah, time wise, it was it was the worst, but I think uh, grit and accomplishment wise, it was the best. Um, and the other thing that I need to address because I think a lot of people get, you know, we're talking about the fantasy of quitting. And being an escape when you're in those bad spots, there's another fantasy, um, which is your goal time, your buckle, et cetera. And I think I've had, um, I actually had quite a few customers who were out there this year. Um, and not all of them finished Uh, customers that aren't also part of the team Mm -hmm. and and the whole thing. Like, um, and some of them did finish and some of them got their buckle and some of them didn't finish. And another thing that I think some people get hung up on is either I'm finishing this with a buckle or I'm not finishing. And I think when they start seeing that sub 12 hour finish creep up, then it's not good enough. And so they would rather quit than not get the perfect, the idyllic finish. Right. Um, in 2018, our team member Ben finished in 1220, but he fucking finished. He's done Leadville 100. Yeah. He, from the beginning to the end. He's done the race. And do I think he would probably rather have a belt buckle? For sure. But I know for a fact he would feel way worse if he was just like, well, I'm not getting the buckle, so why am I doing it? Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, I had I, I, a couple of, of – people that I know that were like, ah, oh, I, I lost my mojo around twin lakes. And I, I just, I just didn't go. I was, I was doing great and I just didn't go. And so, um, so that's the other fantasy. Like the fantasy thing can be a little, a little dangerous too. Yeah. You know, the, um, I don't have a lot of space in my heart for the voluntary quit. I, I can get it. I can understand it. We've had stuff happen in our personal life just recently that I, I also don't understand, but I've learned to have um, empathy for a person who has made a decision that I, I can't connect with. But I know that person and I respect that person, and so I have empathy for that position, right? Even though it just doesn't even compute for me. And that's like in a major way, right? The, the quit out there because I have the same feelings, right? I have the same feelings and I'm not any better than the other. I, I just chose in that moment to just stay, right? And, and to do the thing. And I just, my, my heart just, I can't get to them. Yeah. I can't get to the quit. Um, those are those defining moments. They, they, I mean, is that how we do this? Those are the, those, the moments where you either quit or you keep going, have nothing to do with the race. Nothing at all. They're, the, they're about <laughs> no. the human. They have nothing to do with the race. And, you know, you can, 
you can let that quit be who you are outside of the race because that's who you've just decided to be. Or you can take that experience, not quit there, and you'll probably never quit anything else. It, it, we, we've been talking about this off air and, and I've been talking about this with other people in the last couple of days. Um, it's okay to fail the, the quitting part, yeah. you know, and there's a difference between huge the two, difference, you know, the people that are pulled, not getting cutoffs, the people, the people that don't hit their, I didn't hit my goal time. I count that as a failure. I didn't quit. And as a matter of fact, I was in the very, you talked about Keevan's the descent and then how it's not, it's not downhill after that. So I ripped the Keevan's descent and I was like, if I have any chance of getting my goal, I can't use the brakes. Um, and so I didn't, and I, I balled out the descent and I got to the, and I had no, I had nobody like from the start of the power line climb to the end of the race, it was all by <laughs> totally. except for Rob and the yeah. freaking donut hole. Yeah. Okay. Which incidentally, that's like the best troll in the world. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? So I, I had, I had nobody. Um, and so I ripped the descent and I got to those flats and you talked about putting in an effort and I still, I was over 300 Watts and I was over 20 miles. Like I was in it and I looked down and I'm like, you can't hit my goal time was 7:45. You're not going to hit 7:45. Like it just, I was doing the math. Like, okay, I need to average 22 miles an hour. I was able to get to like that level of math, and I'm like, well, I got the Boulevard, and like, you're not going to get not, 22 not miles in that average. section. Like, yeah. I mean, I was for the fire road, sure, and the pavement, sure, but like, I need it the whole way, and it's not going to happen, right? So I knew I wasn't going to get my 7:45 goal, and. uh I was thinking about well, I could just I could throttle back because I'm I'm definitely going to get sub eight right, which is a, a cool deal. So I but I can throttle back and get sub eight. And I said right then I go well I'm not getting my goal because I maybe throttled back somewhere, somewhere else. else. Yep. And I'm not going to get my goal for that. The I sure as shit can't have that same mindset perpetuate in this moment right now because the goal is out of scope. So be now who you need to be. Be now who you needed to be four hours ago or, th- or whenever, you, whenever you missed. Be that person now because now you're making a step towards being that person the next time you need to be, right? Like there, there's growth opportunity right now. So how are you going to pedal? And that was like, I, that was the self-coaching that I was doing as I was going through those mud puddles and I hit the baby head a little short punch and I got on the boulevard and I dropped into my, I don't have arrow bars, but I made them out of air. And so I have my forearms on the and I'm holding yeah. fake arrow bars yeah. and I'm laying 300 watts and I go, be, be him now because then, then that can be my character. And I did, I rolled in at 7.53, so I missed my goal by eight minutes. Um, but I got to finish the way I know I need to be to get those goals. And those goals I can set for the future. And The race isn't going away. No, and that, that, was, the, that was where I, I got to learn from what, I PR'd 37 minutes and still learned a valuable lesson. Um, and, and that's what not quitting offers you no matter where you are in the field. I don't care if you come in at 14 hours. There's a guy who came in at eight 30 in the dark. He came in. That's what this bike race is about. Like, yeah, he, yeah, that's, that's it. A hundred percent. Um, that was kind of the level 100. That was it. I mean, we ate some food afterwards. Yeah, we, we hung out. We, out. <laughs> we got our buckles the next day. We took a picture with our buckles, even though we were all really hungry. Yeah. Um, we, you know, that was the, that was the hunt, and, and there was all that celebration afterwards. And 
you know, there will be uh, dissecting this and, and whatnot with each of our teammates individually and over group rides and team rides. And some people have more events and we got racers out at Breck Epic right now. Um, there's more, but, but damn on, on Saturday night, you got to just sit there and go, yep. Uh, there's no feeling like it. Absolutely no feeling like it. Um, do you have any details on the rider? No, and I don't know if that's really our space to like get into. I don't know. It's just it's worth acknowledging that you know, as a family, I mean, it really is. Um, there was a, a really unfortunate accident, and uh, there was a rider down who didn't make it, um, and so you yeah, know. he got that Kevin's descent we talked about. Got loose, went off the edge. It's forest. Uh, apparently, it's pretty quick. It sounded like it was an impact situation. And maybe you're right. It's not our space, but we're covering the whole thing. And yeah, you know, um, it. And there was a moment of silence for him on, on Sunday, and, and they respectfully didn't have his name out there. Because I mean, the the tra- you know, like the tragedy that that is for the fan, and it brings like just such a crisp reality. Like even though that race feels like real life, it's still like a voluntary recreational bike race. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it has like a real real life consequence to it, it, it you know. So tough. when we rolled up, we were standing there getting some belts. <laughs> For our buckles. Yeah. Uh, they said we have to make a... I wasn't even thinking about that rider at yeah, you that moment. I thought it was Ken. I thought it was Ken. Dude, my heart jumped out of my chest. Oh, yeah, dude. I thought it was Ken, too. I'm like, dude, they're gonna about to announce that Ken died. Yeah. And this whole place is going to, like, swallow itself. Yeah. I, I, like, I was going to start, like, single-handedly flipping cars. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so that was That was sketchy. Uh, but, you know, it's just another one of those weekends that... You know, I've had... Um, a number of our teammates thank me for what you and I do as far as like making the team. And I've really tried to impress upon them and, and every weekend with them really locks in and cements that like, yeah, we made the thing to, to like exist, but they make it. Yeah. Like it's the sum of the parts. No. Yeah. And we, we may have put the canvas and the brushes and the paint out there, but we didn't make this thing. And so for as many times as they've thanked me and I'm sure you, you know, I want to say thank you to them because if it's not for them, it's just me and you. And we've been doing this shit for five years. So, you know, so, um, you know, it's another one of those weekends that just leaves you feeling full and good. And, uh, it was, you know, it, again, I mentioned it's always emotional for me just because, uh, of our buddy, Sean, who passed away. Like I just, I can't be there and not think of and associate and wish that he was around to, to still be doing it with us. So, um, but I, you know, it was, it was probably the first year I drove back and didn't have that like flat feeling, you know, after like a big weekend, like you feel like you get home and it's just you and you feel a little flat. Like it, it had more carry this time. (laughs) Good. That's dude. We're growing in this thing, you know, that's where, so we'll see what's up next. You know, we'll see what happens next. But we want to let Level One Hundred just hang with you guys because I think it really is the embodiment of what, um, like, endurance mountain bike racing is about, mm-hmm. what life experience on the bikes about, and what it's like to have a team. You know, and uh, I'm on the same boat, man. It felt so damn good to share that with everybody. So, Level One Hundred in the books, done for. Thanks for listening, y'all. Don't wait. You're not done. So get the fuck out! You're weak!